You're listening to Let's Talk Purpose Live, because who you are is important to what you do and where you are going. Now for your host, Lisa Schwartz. Good morning. Morning. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. Hey, everybody. Welcome my co-host, BP Daddy. Hey. How are you doing? All right. So uh, all the things that we have to do as soon as we get started up here refreshing my page so we can share. If you are tuning in with us this morning, if you would give us a hello, give us a wave, um, tell us you are with us, share this to your wall, because we have an important topic that we are continuing from mm. last week. But before we do, can we talk about how cold it is outside? Um, too cold. I, what? 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 And getting colder. Oh my gosh. I'm like, <laughs> is it February in Texas or am I back in Illinois? I don't know. Yeah. Old Puxtahani Phil, whatever his name was, was right. Oh the groundhog. Oh gosh. Ugh. Yeah. He's not usually winter. right, but you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you are with us today, I'm still waiting. I'm watching. I'd love to say hello to you today. We're going to be finishing our continuing. Yeah. I don't know Who if we'll be finishing yet. Yeah, I know. We did get a sponsor for today. Uh, nice. She wants to remain anonymous. So oh. we will. And it was just a personal donor who was like, look, I feel like this is an important conversation. I feel like it's an important topic that we're talking about the relevance of the Holy Spirit in today's um, society in our purposes as us individuals within the kingdom and i'm gonna sponsor this next show so That's awesome Back thank by you popular demand thank you private sponsor okay we have a wave we have several comments whoa oh. whoa let me open this up here uh lori mayo cook is with us this morning tammy murphy is with us this morning hey, lauren tammy. thorne is with hey. us this morning pam burkett is with us this morning good morning everybody please don't forget to share this to your wall click like if you would um, we want to get the word out that the Holy Spirit is alive mm. and well, and he is ever on the hunt for kingdom people. Ready? Oh, yeah. Ah, so today I want to kind of start by talking about two things, and, and we kind of were talking a little bit about this before the show. One of the things I want to make sure that we talk about is the relevance and the power of his love. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, scripture is very clear that says, you know, you can speak in tongues, you can have all the power gifts in the world, but if you have not love, then none of those things mean anything. Um, and so I want to make sure, I think that sometimes is what people have an aversion to just talking about the manifestational gifts. And we kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, well, there's, uh, th- there's no love in the manifestational gifts, or I'm going to throw all of it out and not accept, I'm going to accept some of it, and not the other, whatever. Um, but I, I do want to make sure that we have an understanding. And, and I think I mentioned this last week that we have an understanding of the importance of the balance of the character of God with the gifts of God and the ways of God. Because I like to tell people, like, one represents the glory of the Lord, his personality, his character. One represents the anointing or the movement or the ways of God. Um, and if we have just the anointing, and, and we, we all have seen that. I say we all have. Most of us have seen that. We've experienced just, just the manifestational gifts outside of really good character and the character of love. And I think that can really turn a lot of people off. And I think, again, that's why we've kind of thrown the baby out with the bathwater and said, well, because I didn't see love, the gifts must not be real. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I do want to make sure that we are stressing the importance that, and really the supernatural work of supernatural love. Um, I, I know when I first started getting introduced to the manifestational gifts of the spirit, the idea of the baptism of the Holy spirit. I was extremely skeptical because not only it's not that I hadn't heard of it. It's that I had really been taught against it and I had taught against it myself. Um, and so I was really very skeptical, honestly. Um, but the things that I began to, um, experience, and I'm not talking about having a, a, you know, having an experiential relationship with the Lord, 
but I'm also not talking about not having experience. You know, mm-hmm. again, we talked last week about the man with the blind, the, the blind man that was healed. And he said, all, I don't know. All I know is I once was blind and now I see right. he had an experience and you can't dispute. We tell students all the time. Like if people ask you about your relationship with the Lord, they ask you about Jesus. You don't have to have the answers. Don't get into a debate with them. Just share with them your experience, mm-hmm. share with them your testimony. That's the power of a testimony. So a lot of times we're like, well, you can't have an experiential relationship. You can't, you have an entire relationship with God based on experience. I beg to differ because that's what a testimony is. Mm, right. It's testifying of what God has done for you. So I say all that to say when I was coming into um, being introduced to this entire other side of the kingdom, and, and really it was just like a veil was lifted from my eyes. But the one thing that impressed me, and by impressed, I don't mean impressed me, like had an impression mm-hmm. upon my heart was the people that the Lord brought into my life who were flowing in the manifestational gifts. The love that they had, not just publicly, but I would meet with these people behind closed doors because I was very hungry to learn. I wanted to be mentored. Um, the way they would talk about people, the way they, their heart for people was unlike anything I'd ever seen mm-hmm. before. It was weird to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, very weird to me. And I think about some of the residents and crazy ministries and how many times we've had the testimony that's like, look, I stayed there for two years. I stayed there for three years, a part of their program. And there were a lot of things that I learned and there were a lot of ways that they helped me. But the thing that impressed me the most was their love, the way mm-hmm. they love each other, the way they love their kids, the way they talk about their husbands, the way they talk about their wives. And, and that was, that was weird to them. And, um, and I think we dismiss how supernatural love is, oh, yeah. you know, it's character and attribute of God. Yeah. And, um, I know I've had this conversation with Kyler for a while now. It's like, uh, as I'm coming more into the manifestational gifts of the Holy spirit, like I'm asking the Lord to like, give me his love for people because like, I've seen people minister just, I'm like, I can minister out of a faith or an authority, mm-hmm. but then I see other people. Um, I mean, you're a prime example who minister out of a love and there's a certain anointing that comes upon that. That's yeah, not that's on good. just ministering out of faith or yeah. authority. We can minister out of faith. It works. It works, mm-hmm. but ministering out of the anointing, there's, there's something just extra. Different. Yeah. It's different. And it makes the people who are being ministered to feel the love of Jesus Absolutely. in that moment. Absolutely. When we think about the greatest human need is to feel a sense of connection, right? Mm-hmm. To be connected with, I want to feel like I belong. And it is uncanny. I mean, th- those of you who know me in the natural um, and in who I was before, when I came into the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that was one of the things, one of my top prayers was I, I became very convicted that I didn't have the compassion of Christ. Mm-hmm. I was able to see throughout the scriptures that everything that Jesus did was compelled by compassion. Right. And if you read that word in the Greek, it's the idea of a wrenching in your gut. And I was like, Ugh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever had a wrenching in my gut for somebody who's hurting or broken or diseased or afflicted or depressed or whatever it is. And so I really honestly, I prayed for that. I was like, God, if you're going to take me down the path of ministry, I've got to, I've got to have this supernatural compassion for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do now, and it's, it is supernatural because in my natural man, y'all, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not, I don't have any mercy in my natural, Same. but my spirit, my mercy and my compassion. And it is like, I can be ministering to people and you've seen where I just start to cry because my heart is so 
connected with the pain going on in that person's heart. That is supernatural. That is evidence. That's a manifestational work of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what I, I was like, before we go down all the fun, glitzy, <laughs> speaking in tongues, falling out and falling out, slain, whatever, I was, it, we have to have that premise of the foundation that none of those things mean anything without love. Right. And I'm not talking about a worldly love. We can all imitate love. We all know what love looks like. Some of us imitate a broken love. But even, and I have found even with my clients, a lot of times those people who are raised in a, a very loving home have the hardest hardest time coming into an understanding of God's love because even a good love isn't necessarily God's mm. love. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, you know, we read in our read and execute about Mark chapter five at the, the Legion of Demons and how he wanted to go with Jesus. And he said, no, go and tell how the Lord had compassion on you. Yeah, yeah. And even that phrase there is saying, you know, that every legion of demon was scattered, shattered, destroyed, destructed because of the Father's compassion Mm -hmm. for you. Um, So at the very root of every gift that we operate in, whether it's prophecy, word of knowledge, whether it's service, whatever it is, if it is not compelled by the compassion and the love of God, then the Bible says it's as nothing. Mm -hmm. It's like a clanging gong. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that Mark chapter five, that's kind of a shift because you think, oh yeah, healing's out of compassion, but you don't ever think of deliverance being out of compassion, Mm -hmm. but it obviously is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Jesus said it best himself. Yeah. So I I, I really wanted to give that premise because I, I, I am continuously, um, I, I think that's probably one of my number one prayers along with John 14, 26, which is bring into remembrance all the things you have spoken unto me. Mm-hmm. I pray that all the time. Um, but the other continual prayer is, um, God, I just want to love people on a supernatural level. Mm-hmm. And for, for those on my personal wall this morning, I posted something that said, um, uh, success isn't about great solutions. It's about, it's about a greater love. Mm-hmm. It's not about a greater solution. It's about a greater love. And I haven't even looked to see, you know, if anybody's commenting, I don't care. Um, because it, it was just all on me as far as understanding the importance of love and how love shifts the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Love shifts the atmosphere. It's what breaks things off of people. Um, it's what, it's what breaks fear off of people. I mean, and nobody can love the way God can love. He is the essence of love. He he created love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is love. Um, and so I I find it um, again a foundational thing that every morning I'm going to sit and I'm going to say first and foremost I want to receive God's love. Any place in my mind, any place in my heart that I'm not in agreement fully and completely with how much love you have for me and how lovable I am in Christ. I am the beloved. He is the lover. I am the beloved. I need to get that reconciled because I'm going to minister out of that love that I've received first. I mean, the Bible says we love because he first loved us. And so I felt very um, impressed today that, you know, that this, this needed to be kind of the foundation of Mm -hmm. where we go in talking about a supernatural love and how that is the great, a lot of times people will say, what's the, is it the evidence of speaking in tongues? It's the evidence of signs, miracles, and wonders. It's the evidence of love. Yeah. For me, it's the evidence of love. That that was the game changer for me. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely could not dispute. I was like, these people were like, I remember going home and saying to Brad, I was like, look, Brad, this person really loves people. Like, I don't know that I've ever experienced a love, like when they're talking about somebody or when they're talking about somebody who experienced healing or they're talking about somebody on their staff and tears 
would bubble up. It was uncanny to me. It was supernatural. Mm -hmm. And it absolutely is what, for lack of a better term, persuaded me into truth. That's what I needed because I, I was coming out of a background that was catty and you know, it was like, you know, when you would get into kind of private circles, it was still like, well, let's be honest, you know, it's just, and maybe that's just a women thing. I don't think it is. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a worldly thing. Um, but I was like, the, these people have every opportunity behind closed doors to trust me, to be raw, to be unloving, to be, but in their, in their moments of unlovingness, they were broken. Their heart was saddened. They were grieved at their own lack of compassion for people. That was uncanny mm-hmm. to me. It was unheard of. Mm-hmm. And that is what was what drew me into the kingdom, into, mm-hmm. into the manifestational part, into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of, that's what drew me into Crazy Eight as well. I mean, even with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I was like, I had never been in a group with my friends, my family. Nobody ever loved like that. Nobody ever hugged me nobody ever touched me nobody ever said I love you you know on a new and then I come into this group of people yeah. who are genuinely concerned about you and they tell you that they love you and they you know they they hug you and they touch you and mm-hmm. I was just like uh, this is just it's like stepping into something a whole nother realm yeah it I'm is like, I didn't know these people existed mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. and I told Layla the other day because she's <laughs> my daughter I was like somebody touched her at school and she was like it was just so weird and I was like some people are like this some people (laughs) (laughs) actually love and it's like I know it's hard but you as something I've had to get used to and Mm -hmm. be like okay Mm -hmm. this is okay and now I I love it Mm -hmm. yeah it's good we we have a couple of people that are a couple of people we've had about 28 people online if you're with us give us a comment um, if you have any questions in regard to whatever, whatever path you want to go down, if I don't know the answer, I am not afraid to say, I don't know the answer to that. Not at all. You're not going to put me on the spot. Um, I'm pretty transparent. So I do not claim to have all the answers. Um, I do claim to have some amazing experiences mm-hmm. and have some amazing revelations. So when the scripture talks about when, when Jesus would move around, there were basically three kinds of people. Uh, you had um, scoffers, Pharisees, and Sadducees, or Bereans. Your scoffers were the ones that just kind of laughed and mocked and just kind of wrote off the works of Christ. Your Pharisees and your Sadducees asked questions based on fear and with a motive to trap, Mm -hmm. okay? So that's important um, because I think sometimes we do come off like Pharisees and Sadducees, whether it's our intention or not, when we're kind of asking from the side of fear, hoping to trap somebody, that's a pharisaical type Mm -hmm. mentality or attitude. So I'm just going to call it what it is. uh, And I'm not going to say I've never had it. Um, I love a good debate. Mm -hmm. Let me, I'm going to, actually, I'm going to rephrase it. I used to love a good debate. Now I, I, I feel like the Lord has brought me to a place where I'm like, look, I'm confident in this message. I don't need you to agree with me. I'm not offended if you don't agree with me. I don't need, I don't, I don't have a desire to convince you. That's the difference we were talking about last week, the wise and persuasive teaching versus Mm -hmm. the demonstration of the spirit's power. If I'm confident in my position, I don't have to tweet about it. (laughs) And so, um, and then the third one is a Berean. And in the book of Acts, it talks about how the Bereans, they received the word and they received the experience. They received what was happening, but then they went back and they confirmed it with the word. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a great example to us when we ha- do have an experience, because there are some kooky experiences out there that sometimes maybe might not line up with the 
with the word of God. And so that's why when I'm in an arena, um, and many people have seen me minister, uh, where maybe somebody is falling out of their speaking in tongues, I will say, okay, how many people are super weirded out right now? And people raise their hand because it is weird. Mm-hmm. Supernatural is weird. We, we say we serve a supernatural God. We say we want the supernatural in our life, but then when it happens, we're like, oh, that's not real. Yeah, we're not used <laughs> to it. <yeah. laughs> and that's okay. It's unfamiliar. It's uncomfortable. And so you've been there where I'm like, okay, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the whole point of this. These talk shows are let's talk about it. Kyler says she's late. It's too bad she didn't hear miss her shout. She missed her shout out. Oh, yeah. Uh, so anyways, um, I want to thank you, Kyler, for the scarf this morning that I bought you for Christmas <laughs> last year that I continuously keep wearing <laughs> because it matches all my outfits. So thank you for helping me look better. Um, but I will tell I will say right off the bat, let's talk about it. Let's talk about what's happening. And then I will begin to quote scriptures where we see evidence of these things in scriptures. Um, in Chronicles, where it says that they began to, when the temple was set up and everything was put in its place, the priests came in and they began to worship the Lord in one voice. And as they became united in their praise and their worship, the Bible says that the glory of the Lord came into the temple so that the priests fell down and could no longer perform their duty. And I'm like, what's happening here, mm-hmm. right? So these are the things... Over and over again, I mean, the entire book of Revelation came from Paul, who was in a trance-like state. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the when the soldiers came to get Jesus mm-hmm. in the Garden of Gethsemane, in the Garden, when they said, you know, who, who he says, who is it you're looking for? And they said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And I love this. <laughs> I love this. Just because I get this visual, you know. And I used to teach like people don't know this. I actually have a degree in early childhood mm-hmm. education, so I I used to teach preschool, and I so when I would teach it like super dramatically, but you see like him going, I am he, right? Yeah. And you and then it says, and the the guards fell down as though they were dead. Mm-hmm. The soldiers fell down as though they were dead at the sound of his voice. And we're talking about the word of the Lord coming forth, overwhelming us to the point where we're like, oh gosh, mm-hmm. I am overwhelmed with the word of God. But, and there's, uh, there's so many other places in scripture, but the reason why I know those is because I was a Pharisee. <laughs> I, was, I was super skeptical. And so I was like, God, you, like, I'm hearing all these things and I'm experiencing them. But if I don't find evidence of it in your word, I'm going to cast it out. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm just not going to deal with it. And so the Lord himself had to continuously reveal to me where um, there was evidence of speaking in tongues, where it was still alive today. What does it mean when somebody's quote unquote falling out slain? Getting touched with a word to where you're so overwhelmed you can no longer stand. Mm-hmm. Um, being moved with the Shekinah glory. When we talk about the glory of the Lord. When we read that in the Hebrew, it's the weightiness of God and his presence mm-hmm. coming upon coming in, moving in the room. We know so many places in scripture, um, Psalm 133 is a great example that talks about the power of unity. When my people are are dwell together, how pleasant, how wonderful it is when my people dwell in unity mm-hmm. for there. It's like the, the dew on Mount Hearns, the oil, oil rip, you know, running down Aaron's beard. And in that place, the Lord commands his blessings, right? Mm-hmm. So we hear all the places of the power of unity. The upper room is yep. a great place, yeah, right? All one accord. They were all in one accord. And if you read that phrase in the Greek, it's the idea of being unanimous. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's the idea of if we would have taken a vote that day, it would have been unanimous. They were all in one accord. So when people come into a place of unity, then the blessings of the Lord is released. The Shekinah glory falls into that place. And, and the Shekinah glory, again, just kind of means that weightiness of the presence of the Lord. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so all of that is very real, but I think that we as a kingdom people, again, have kind of thrown the baby out with the bathwater and said, Ugh, we've experienced maybe something that's maybe a little off, or we've experienced churches or scenarios where all they focus on is the anointing and the manifestational gifts, and they're practicing the anointing without the glory, meaning without mm-hmm. the character, without the love of God, which is a very dangerous place to be. And so instead we just settle in just the glory and we've become powerless, right? So the glory is, is, is the anchor, it's the foundation, it's the character in which we flow from that place. So a lot of times we try to pull the anointing in mm-hmm. to shift our character, whereas the anointing actually should flow out from our character. That's a good yeah. word. Yeah. The fl- so when people say, and people do say this, teach me to do what you do, mm-hmm. <laughs> which bothers sure. me. And I'm like, you can't teach this. This is this when I, when I'm flowing in the anointing, it's just like you said, it's coming up out of, it's a result of who I am when nobody's around. Right. So you don't teach that. It's something you become because you, you have learned how to saturate yourself in the presence and the love and the compassion of Christ when nobody is around. Mm-hmm. And so that when the time is coming, it's more than a wellspring of life. It's a river flowing out from you, and it just happens. Mm-hmm. People in the room are getting healed. People in the room are getting delivered. People in the room are getting the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They're starting to speak in tongues. And y'all, when I say healed, I'm not just talking about, oh, my knee hurt, now it's healed. I'm not, not talking yeah, about that. Usually not. Yeah, but usually it's, oh my gosh, I'm being healed of the abuse from my childhood. I'm being healed from the anger that's in my heart. I'm being healed from the unforgiveness that's in my heart. I'm being healed from depression. I'm being healed from my fear. I'm being healed from uh, looking at myself less than who I'm designed to be. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take a breath and let you talk. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm fixing to preach a message here in a minute. Okay, so we've got some questions here. Um, I haven't had a chance to look it up, but I have heard someone say that the gifts of the Holy Spirit pass away. Is that true? What does mm-hmm. that mean? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's actually coming out of uh, 1 Corinthians. I believe it's the 13, 14, 15, all 12, 13, 14, 15, Lauren, is what I'm going to tell you to read. Um, we did talk about this a little bit last week, but I would love to rehit on it. So it's talking about once we, so when we take about look at the manifestational gifts, or we call them the ministry gifts, when Jesus received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it was for the purpose of beginning his ministry. So once we enter into heaven, we will then carry, we will be in our glorified bodies, we will, bodies, we will be glorified in that place, right? Mm-hmm. And so we will be carrying still the glory and the character of Christ. But once we are in heaven, because everybody there is already saved, already healed, already delivered, there will no longer be a need for the manifestational gifts. Therefore, those will pass away once we get to heaven. But a lot of people have interpreted that passage to mean once the passing of Christ happens, Happened, there was no more need for the manifestational gifts, that they were only for Christ and only for the disciples while Christ was there. Um, so that is my understanding. And when I say that is my understanding, I am not here to teach doctrine. I am not here to teach theology. I am here to tell you to go read it, ask the Holy Spirit to bring a revelation to you. But I also do know that that is where that that belief and that idea comes from, is from that passage. Mm-hmm. Do you have it there? You want to read it? Yeah, it's um, 1 Corinthians 13, 8. What's interesting is it starts off with love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, which is the glorification, then right? that which is in part will be done away. Right. So we prophesy in part, meaning we, we, it's filtered through our flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing we're going to take with us is what? Love. Love. 
So it, love is the non-negotiable in all of that. We, once we get into our, we, we will have, we will probably then actually experience what love really right, is, right? right? As we just live we with our face down, yeah. face towards our Lord and Savior. But there will be no need at that point. So right now we see, even when we prophesy, we prophesy in part. Because again, mm-hmm. it's it's filtered through still our natural man. Um when we when we speak in tongues, even when we're loving right now, it's still filtered through our natural man. Now, do I think it's possible that we are completely in moments so surrendered to the Lord that there is a pure love that is coming from us? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what I'm striving for in everything. God, suppress my flesh. May, may I die to myself and live in Christ alone. Um, but yeah, that's a, I'm, I, I appreciate you reading that. So it's a first Corinthians 13, eight is where that thinking or that ideology comes from. Um, so read it, Lauren, ask the Holy spirit to interpret truth for you. Um, do not let me interpret truth for you. Please do not let me interpret truth for you. You are empowered with a wonderful counselor, a teacher from upon high that will reveal truth to you. And the scriptures tell us that no one can understand. No one can know except by a revelation knowledge that comes by, by mm-hmm. the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. So ask the Holy spirit to, to um, affirm that for you. That was a great question. Mm-hmm. Any other questions that we have out there? I'm going to address also. Um, Peggy says I like. To, I too was like Brittany. Um, my family was not touchy feely type, or uh, the type to say I love you. But when I came to Crazy Eight, they changed me as far as that is concerned. Um, Kimber, hey Kimber. Hey, Kimber. Uh, God does not need us to debate His word. So last week we talked about how the kingdom of heaven isn't about a matter of debate. debate. It's a matter of power and demonstration. Um, awesome. Emily Berkemeyer here from Cincinnati. Hey. Dana Foster is here. Come, coming to an understanding of God's love was where all of my healing and understanding was hinged. Um, so many comments. You guys keep keep commenting. We we love hearing your comments. Um, Amy Sanger says, I'm loving that you guys are tackling this conversation. I, I'm like, you know what? Let's talk about it. Let's just talk about it. People are either going to love me or they hate me. I don't really care. <laughs> um, I, I really don't. Um, I'm just kind of, I, that's why I said I'm just kind of in the season of being unapologetic and really kind of the Lord taking me back and saying, what do you stand for? And how passionate are you about it? Like, how are you, are you willing... <laughs> Are you really, are you willing to be stoned like Steven? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I laugh about that because, you know, it's a funny story in my past, but, um, I love the way you explain our relationship with God is like our marriages and these, uh, spirit filled experiences are like making love. Yes. Yeah, so that's how I've explained it in the past with our partners. Um, but so, so to Emily's point, she's heard me explain that in the past and I will use that, um, you know, that there are moments where we go into the bedroom with our, with our spouses and we have that intimate encounter um, where we are experiencing each other's love. Mm-hmm. But more often than not, it's just a state of being. It's like the everyday living. And that's right. the character, the glory of the Lord versus the anointing. Like we have to live. I mean, I can't just only love Brad. Like I can't have our marriage based on just our sexual relations. Right. Our marriage is based on our love for each other, foundationally living our lives together, partnering in all that we do. But if we did all of that and we never made love, we would still mm-hmm. be missing out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I, I'm like, man, there are times where God wants to touch us intimately and he wants us to not just know that we are loved, but he wants us to experience, feel the affection of his touch. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Emily, I appreciate you bringing that up because um, I do use that comparison a lot. And I think it's, I think it's a great comparison, something that we can all connect with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I wouldn't liken being slain in the spirit to that intimate yes. time. Yes, with the Lord. And going back to where you're talking about how, um, you know, people are healed through 
their emotions and healed through their past and stuff like that. It's kind of been in my experience that there's not a lot of was pray specifically for your knee. It's as I'm healed of my emotions, then they get up and they're like, Hey, my knee's healed. Or they're just sitting in the room and the love of God just over them. And that's what heals them. Absolutely. We don't really have to do a whole lot in terms of sides receive. I love that you, I I love that you brought that up because really it's never about the knee, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's not really about our headache. Um, It's about what's going on inside of us that is causing that affliction. The Bible says a curse without a cause cannot alight. And so if there's something that we're struggling with physically, I mean, even science will agree with this, um, that the, you know, typically like the root of migraines is a point of regret. Um, Those kinds of things. I mean, science is figuring a lot of that out, but I would like to propose that the Bible spoke that long before science caught up with it. Right. Um, so there are so many things within us and, and that's on my, uh, Instagram, one of the graphics that I put yesterday was that God is far more concerned with your heart than he is your circumstance. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think the circumstance is just, you know, smoke and mirrors. It's, it's the distraction. It's the, it's the smoke alarm going off, but it's not the fire. Mm -hmm. Um, and so my ministry style, the way we teach people to minister is that we're not dealing with symptoms. We're going after the root. We're going after the principality because I don't want to manage demons in my life. I want to destroy principalities and I want to walk in the fullness of freedom. Mm -hmm. Jesus did not die on the cross for us to manage demons. He did not die on a cross for us to manage depression, manage anger, manage frustration. He died on a cross that we would not experience. We would not wrestle with depression, but we would walk in the fullness of his joy. And that should bother us. But I think we have settled for less than best in the kingdom by saying, well, I've learned how to manage my anger or I've learned how to manage my depression. And look, if that's you and you're listening, good for you. That's a, that is a step mm-hmm. towards healing is learning how to operate in that self-control, learning to become self-aware enough. But I am going to encourage you not to stop there and to recognize that God has complete destruction and deliverance in mind for you. It goes back to the legion of demons. The Bible says that no chain, no shackle could hold him down. The woman with the issue of blood, she kept going to the doctors. He kept, they kept giving her all kinds of things. And it says that she spent all of her money in the ways of the world, but her condition only grew worse. Mm-hmm. These people came to a place of utter desperation, and in the presence of Jesus, there was no shackle, there was no medicine, there was no doctor, there was no management of her issue of blood, there was no management of the legion of demons, there was utter destruction Mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why we're settling for less than that. Well, (laughs) I've come to think it's because we don't believe that God loves us that much. Oh, yeah. That's good. That's really good. I'm going to say that again. So when we're think that all we can do is manage, but we're not worthy of a That's complete good. and total healing, yeah. then we're not convinced of the total love of God on us. I love it. I love it. Been there. Yeah. 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 yeah been there. And let's just say, like, I'll say in all transparency, like, there's always areas of my life that God is working out that mm-hmm. he is not done yet. And he's continuously working out for my good and for his glory. Um, and so there are areas in my life when I'm very confident that God loves me in this area. <laughs> and if we go back to the root, a lot of it really is when we talk about like roots or principalities. You know, a bullseye root is typically like, I don't believe God. I don't believe what he says. And I also don't believe what he is saying about who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it goes back to that low value, that low self-esteem. Do I believe that this is really what God has in mind for me or not? 
So I love that you brought that mm-hmm. up. I appreciate that. If you are with us this morning, Amy Sanger said that's good. That's so good, Brittany. Um, if you are with us this morning, we would love to say hello to you. Um, give us a hello. If you have any questions, let us know. I want to tackle the question last week that we had about the baptism of fire. Okay. All right. So I actually have the passage pulled up of where it's talking about. It's in Matthew chapter three um, is where that comes from, um, where um, John the Baptist is baptizing and the Pharisees and the Sadducees come um, and to him for baptism. And he said, he calls them a brood of vipers and says, he warned them um, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. In other words, you're coming out of fear and not out of faith. Mm. You're coming Mm. not out of genuine repentance, but you're coming out of fear. And in case this is all true, you want to try and look ready instead of be ready. Mm. There's so much here. Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not think to say to yourself, we have, we have Abraham as our father, basically saying like, we don't care where your heritage is. Mm-hmm. Your heritage means nothing in the presence of Christ, because the only heritage that matters is the heritage of Jesus Christ, which that's a whole message in and of itself. And he goes on, he says, for I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. So your worldly labor, your bloodly lineage means nothing anymore, which is, this is a total cultural shift that John Mm. the Baptist, I mean, I'm sure everybody's like, gasp me because for them to say we're the children of Abraham, that's what they, it's basically saying I was, I'm born in a, I'm born in a garage that makes me a car. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And a lot of people think, well, I've been born in the church. My father was the bishop. My, my grandfather was the, you know, whatever. And therefore... I am a child of God. And he's saying it doesn't matter what your heritage is. It doesn't matter who you say you are, where you come from. That's not going to win you, win you, gain you the favor Mm -hmm. of the kingdom. For I say to you that even God is even able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the ax is laid to the root of the trees. What this goes back to what we were just talking about. This is a good passage. I didn't know it was going to be this good, (laughs) y'all. This goes back to how. Jesus is coming and he is the ax that's going to go to the root. He's not going to deal with the symptoms. He's not going to deal with the fruits, even if they're bitter fruits, right? So we think about like depression, anxiety, that's fruit Mm -hmm. and it's bitter fruit. But when Jesus comes, enters into the scene, when we're shifting the atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to begin to work, he's saying, I'm not going to deal with all the root or all the fruit. I'm going to take an ax to the root and we're going to cast the principality out. I'm just calling it like I see it. It says, therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So this is where we talk about the fire being that place of judgment. Right. Okay. It goes on. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. We talked about that last mm-hmm. week, how baptism first started as a, as a picture of repentance. I have a repentant spirit and I want to be ready for the person of Jesus Christ who's coming, the Messiah who has been, who is coming. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, though whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay, so this is, you got to read it in context. It goes on, it says, his winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor. So we're talking about a separating from the wheat and the chaff. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I mean, it's a great example of the, the parable of the wheat and the tares. When he says, well, we'll just let them all grow yeah. up together. And in the end, we'll separate them and the tares will burn in the fire. 
and the wheat will be preserved for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And and so the idea of the baptism of the fire going on here, but he, he uh, and he will gather the wheat into his barn and he will burn it up with, and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So when we refer to the baptism of the fire, it's actually talking about the judgment that the Holy Spirit brings within us. And a lot of times we don't want to talk about that. No. So we think, <laughs> we think, oh, the baptism of the fire, I'm going to burn for Jesus, whatever. And it's not not saying that. But what it's more referring to is the way we will burn brightly for Christ is as we allow all of the chaff, all of the dross mm-hmm. to be purified by the fire of the Holy Spirit. Come on now, that's a good mm-hmm. word. When I'm baptized with the fire, when I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there are times when I'm like, God, I just need the refiner's fire to fall upon my heart right now because there are things that are out of order and I need it to be purified so that I can burn for the kingdom. And so I believe that judgment, when we talk about the judgment of the Holy Spirit, it's the conviction. It's the places that only the Holy Spirit, the, the Old Testament in, in one of the Proverbs, it says that the, the lamp of the Lord is like, um, or the spirit of the Lord is like a lamp and it searches the inmost being. The psalmist cries out in Psalm 139, search me and seek me, see if there be any offensive way in me. Mm-hmm. And so it's the idea of allowing the fire of the Spirit to search, illuminate the places in my life, the dross, the brokenness, the anger, the bitterness, the nasty thoughts, the temptation, whatever it is, and illuminate, shine a light on that. And then the Holy Spirit and I partner together and God says, let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. And, and I either respond or I don't. Hopefully I'm in a place where I'm like, oh, I see it the way you see it. Because the fire of the Holy Spirit is illuminating it, and I see it in a way I've never seen it before, and my heart is now grieved and in likeness with you, and I repent of that thing. That is what I believe is being spoken of here. Mm -hmm. It has a reference to Malachi 3. Okay. It says, Mm -hmm. um, and who can stand when he, meaning Jesus, appears? For he is like a refiner's soap and like Mm -hmm. launderer's soap, and he will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. That's good. That's good. So again, kind of confirming and affirming what I was just talking Mm -hmm. about, that refiner's fire. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, when we often say, I'm just calling forth a fresh baptism of the fire in the room, (laughs) right? Uh, You you better know what you're calling for. You better get ready for some weeping and wailing in the room Mm -hmm. because the refiner's fire is what really shifts our heart. I mean, at the core of repentance is when we go... Oh, God, I see it the way you see it now. Mm. It's not a, oh, I feel bad for what I did, and I know I should, you know, I feel this. It is really an aha, where all of a sudden you see your sin, or you see your brokenness, whatever it is, the way God sees it, and you agree with God mm-hmm. in, in what it is. You see your fear as sin. Yeah. You see your anxiety as sin. You see it as something that's not holding on to you, but you're holding on to it. And you begin to come into the full likeness of the mentality of God, the heart of God in that moment, and you see it the way he sees it, and you no longer want to be a part of that thing. Mm. That is a genuine repentance, Mm. and that comes by the illumination, the fire of the Holy Mm. Spirit. That's good. So that was a good question last week. Any other questions this week for us? Uh, so let's let's read some of the comments here. Uh, okay, we got a question. When you are being attacked by demonic presences, uh, how do you pray it away or replace it with truth? 
is that a part of Hebrews 4.12, dividing the soul and the spirit? So she's talking about how the word of God is um, a double-edged sword dividing asunder just dividing and dividing the spirit from the truth or the spirit from the soul, searching for truths. Um, so here, here's the thing. Um, first of all, I think we give demonic presences too much power, too mm-hmm. much attention. Um, I think uh, if we are not... <laughs> If we're not responding to demonic presence with love and compassion, then you need to check your heart. And I, I know that sounds weird. So a lot of times, like even love and anger or love and compassion can stir up a righteous anger where we're vexed, not at that person, but for that person. Mm-hmm. So we have to remember that um, the Bible says that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but we wrestle with wrestle with powers of darkness and principalities. Um, and therefore, our weapons of warfare are not of this world. Um, and so I think the number one thing, the number one way I would, um, I don't know, she may be talking about demonic presences in your own life. Um, so for me, uh, if I'm experiencing a demonic presence in my own life, if I'm, and, and by, by demonic presence, we're talking about maybe like the, the strong presence of anger, trying to get you to agree. When we talk about to be demonized means to come under the influence of, right? So if mm-hmm. I'm going to come under the influence of anger, or I'm going to come under the influence of depression, or I'm going to come under the influence of those things. Um, when I'm experiencing that in my own life, I don't think it's as much about casting something out as, as, as it is about pulling something in, meaning I can turn a bottle over and beat it and try to get all the dried mud out of it, or I can run fresh water into it and flush that mud out. So the bullseye is, God, I feel the presence of a lot of anger and depression and anxiety in my life. And I know that the solution, what did I talk about earlier when I said, Victory isn't about, or victory or success is not about greater solutions. It's about greater love. So I know that the Bible says it's your perfect love that casts out all fear. Therefore, I don't have to sit here and try and rebuke fear, rebuke fear, rebuke fear. I'm not saying I never say fear, I rebuke you. But I'm also going to say I pull in the perfect love. God, fix, shift, adjust the places in me where I am not in alignment with your love. I receive your perfect love. I agree with your love. I come into an alignment. I agree. I am loved. I'll look at myself in the mirror, Lisa. You are loved. Therefore, fear cannot stay because love and fear cannot be in the same space at the same time. And so fear, I speak to you and I tell you, I have chosen to agree with his love and fear, I will have nothing to do with you. So again, by by love, I am casting that fear out. And I think we need to remember that when we're dealing with people as well. Because a lot of times we get, and I, I'm not talking about like when somebody's like demonic and you're ministering to them. I'm talking about people who offend you, mm-hmm. people who are hateful, people who are mean. And if we can't respond, I'm not saying you have to go up and be like, I love you, la, la, la. But even in your own heart and in your quietness, as you're praying for that person, when somebody is, I mean, hurt people hurt people. We, we, yeah. we say that all the time, but then we still respond to them like idiots mm-hmm. instead of responding in love and compassion. And so I, I really think, um, in a very fast nutshell, Dana, I think, um, how do you pray it away and replace it with truth? Just pulling in, you, you've got to know the word. Yes. The word of God helps us discern. Is this of the soul? Is this of the spirit? Um, but m- more than anything, love is always going to be your bullseye. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be your bullseye. Mm-hmm. I think a great example is even over the conference this weekend, as you led everyone through breathing in the fruits of the spirit yes. and really concentrating on the fruits of the spirit. And then what happened? We watched demons manifest and flee. Yeah. And by manifest, we mean manifest. Yes. Yeah. And it wasn't, you weren't calling anything out. You All were we just were doing breathing is it we were coming in. into an agreement with 
the fullness of the fruit of our design in Christ and saying, yes, God, I agree with your love, your joy, your peace, your patience. I am worthy of it. I'm receiving it. Your gentleness. There were a couple in specific when we talked about the gentleness, like some of us have experienced abuse. Mm -hmm. We've been victimized. People haven't been kind to us, the kindness of the Lord. And as we were really saying, I'm worthy of your gentleness, God, I receive your gentleness. I am pulling in your fruit. People were just starting to cry and beginning to get delivered of that mentality of I'm only worthy of being abused. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it was a beautiful moment, just a beautiful moment of receiving God's kindness. I mean, we have experienced some, we, we live in a very unkind world. And I mean, on a daily basis, Lord, I just need you to be, to, I need to experience your kindness. I'm worthy of your kindness. You've designed me not just to receive kindness, but to be a deliverer of your kindness. And so those are the kinds of things that we're talking about. So uh, we've got a lot of comments online. We love your comments, you guys. Dana, thank you for your question. It was a great question. I hope I answered it. If not, you can expound more. Um, Loretta's shouting amen with a big fire emoji. Uh, Amy says, I love that, Lisa. Uh, we need to know what we are calling for when we ask for fresh fire. Mm. Yeah. Better be ready. <laughs> she says, you better be ready because uh, it might come in a way that you weren't prepared. Will you surrender or shut it out? Mm. I love that because a lot of times when the refiner's fire starts to fall on us, and we know like a lot of um, revivals, Azusa Street Law is, it all started with repentance. Mm-hmm. It started with the baptism of the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. <laughs> um, you can't put the fire in a box. She says, you know, it may not appear the way you think and it may not, uh, you can't put it in a box. Uh, Sonia, thank you for being with us this week or today, this weekend. She was with us this weekend. She was the host for the conference this weekend. So big shout out to Sonia. Um, Ruby is saying that's me right now. Um, thank you, Ruby for, you know, there's such power in confession and transparency Mm -hmm. because when (laughs) I tell people the minute you confess something, so much healing takes place just Mm -hmm. in that moment because you disarm the darkness. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe that's why the whole premise of first, uh, first John one nine, when it says, if you confess your sins, that's he is faithful true. and just, it's not about, yeah. it's not about the, it's the confession in and of itself. It's about the bringing to light and the illumination and disarming the, the enemy loves to work in the darkness. Mm-hmm. And the minute we begin to talk about it. So sometimes I'm like working something out and I'm like, I just need to talk this out loud with somebody because something is going on in here. And I feel like there's going to be healing in just beginning to talk about it. Mm. Um, so I'm not expecting a solution. I'm not expecting you to know. I really feel like the Lord is just wanting me to be transparent, humble, um, and just talk about some of the yuck that's going on in my heart. I'm not sure what it is. I don't know what the principality here is, but I just need to get it out mm. um, because uh, it makes you feel dirty. It makes you feel shame. It makes you feel guilty. All of those things. So there's so much power in just bringing things into the mm-hmm. light and confession. Uh, okay, so Dana has said... Uh, because I'm believing, I'm learning that if we, because I'm, I believe I'm learning that if we are given the power of the spirit, why not lay hands on yourself? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. So uh, I'm writing a book, Enforcing Prayer. Mm-hmm. And actually in the book, there's a couple of times I'm like, touch your head, touch mm-hmm. your heart, touch your mouth uh, and declare. And again, this weekend I said, everybody stand up. I want you to place your hand on your heart. Yes. Um, and so uh, I, I was kind of to a place where I'm like, there's a lot of people in this room and I don't want to, I don't want to work hard Mm -hmm. this weekend. And the Holy spirit is present to do all the quote unquote work for us. Um, and I want you to walk away here, remembering that you were touched by God, not by Lisa Schwartz. It was so, so powerful, Mm -hmm. so powerful. Mm -hmm. 
All right. Um, I'm Ruby says I needed true repentance. I recognize it now and I feel this awesome. Mm -hmm. We would love to hear anything that you guys are experiencing. Any questions that you have, um, any, I mean, we just, we're not afraid to talk about the conversation. Yeah. So part one, part two, do you have anything you want to add? Mm. There's a lot there. (laughs) It's like, where are we going next? Where are we going next? I know. So I don't know if you guys have topics, if you have questions, uh, we would love to hear, uh, your ideas, your thoughts. Uh, we really want to talk purposefully. And that's the whole point of this is let's talk purpose. Yeah. So Anyways, that's it for today. We've talked a lot about the Holy Spirit. Don't forget to receive his love today. Mm. Stand in alignment with his perfect love for you and get yourself some deliverance, the deliverance that you need in the name of Jesus. And remember, enforcing purpose, it It starts starts with with you. you.